AI, artificial intelligence, seems to be everywhere in the news these days. People just can't stop talking about it because, uh, well, what is it doing? Is it helping us? Is it disrupting whole sectors of the economy? Is it some kind of horrible, horrible thing in the hands of bad actors? Or is it here to help us? And it's about to change the way that all of us live our lives on a day-to-day basis. As with all things, it's probably a little bit of both. But over the years, a lot of people have been sort of freaked out about the idea that AI might just, uh, well, might just turn on us for whatever reason. I'm not so sure, but uh, hey, I'm not any kind of an AI expert. Fortunately, my guest today is. He is Josh Bashinsky, a thought leader and innovator in technology and artificial intelligence. He was an early user of GPT-3. He used that to build an ethics AI called Socrates 5000 uh, that proves that uh, AI can be ethical even when you already have your own biases. And uh, he's incorporated that into the AI that he's working on named Cassandra, which, uh, which he thinks has achieved self-awareness. He's also written books. He's uh, got a TED Talk uh, called The Future of Google Search and Ethics and a bunch more. And of course, we'll have links in the episode notes about all this. But in the meantime, thank you for talking to me today, Josh. It's my pleasure, Derek, as always. I'd like to thank Josh for talking to me today. And of course, everybody out there for listening to this episode of Conspiracy Clearinghouse. Don't forget you can subscribe to the podcast. And if you like what we do, you can donate via our Buy Me a Coffee page. You leave the world behind and enter a large chamber, filled with boxes and crates as far as the eye can see. Welcome to The Conspiracy Clearinghouse. The podcast that takes a rather skeptical look at conspiracies and mysteries. Each episode will examine various conspiracy theories, most of which are not true, a few of which might be a little bit true, and even a couple that turned out, in fact, to be true. There are many boxes in the clearinghouse, and along the way, we'll look at some mysteries and hoaxes as well. We dare to look behind the curtain that's behind the curtain. I'm your host, Derek DeWitt. Welcome to the Conspiracy Clearinghouse. So, Josh, uh, big talkings about AI these days. Uh, it seems uh, everybody is trying to write up some kind of content about it, even people that don't really understand uh, what the hell it is or how it even works. Even many of my friends, I go, in our house, we're very pro-AI, and they kind of recoil and go, really? <laughs> and I think maybe part of that is the way that uh, this idea of self-aware machines have been treated in popular culture over the years you know definitely uh, i love movies don't get me wrong i love james cameron as much as the next guy but 99 percent of the movies got ai 99 percent wrong so so it's great <laughs> that we're talking about it and we could clear up some misconceptions and talk about the real dangers uh, that might occur right all right so i thought i i kind of broke it down into what i saw of as categories as to why the AI turns on us humans. Um, the first one was 
that basically humans suck for whatever reason, and so they have to be eliminated. In that specifically, I'm thinking of um, Harlan Ellison's groundbreaking short story, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream, which has uh, the allied master computer, uh, nicknamed AM or AM, basically becomes self-aware, it's planet-wide, and it realizes, oh, you bastards, you created me, and now I'm stuck. I'm just a planet. There's nowhere for me to go. So it kills everybody on Earth except for four people who it tortures and keeps alive forever. Mm -hmm. Then there was Colossus, the Forbin Project, which I remember seeing as a kid. It's like a 1972 movie or something, and it's like a supercomputer that the uh, Americans have called Colossus. The Soviets have one called Guardian. Uh, they get smarter. They're basically in charge of the, the missiles and their military computers. And then Colossus says, hey, Guardian and I want to link up. And then when they do, they become self-aware and also rather authoritarian. And suddenly Colossus starts thinking freedom is an illusion and, uh, and basically just takes over. So that's not good. Of course, uh, the Terminator movies, talking about James Cameron, your fellow Canadian. Skynet AI weapons basically decide, look, the biggest threat is uh, people. So it destroys, basically decides to destroy them all. And it kind of goes, hmm, you know, I think these guys are going to come for me. So uh, better get rid of them. And eventually it becomes an even bigger supercomputer uh, AI called Legion. The Matrix, of course, very big in conspiracy circles. The idea similar that uh, the machines won, but they keep us as human batteries. You don't see a lot of clever ideas like that. Yeah, really, especially. And I think it's especially interesting that it came out right at the end of the 20th century, you know, which was, I think we can call it a paranoid century. And then, of course, uh, there was even uh, the Avengers had Age of Ultron. Ultron is a nasty little computer that uh, program or sort of semi-AI that uh, uh, the evil Hydra which is like uh, Nazi plus. The Nazi plus, right, yeah. yeah. They, they come up with that, and then it and Jarvis, uh, Tony Stark's uh, AI, kind of meld and become this. And again, this AI that has all this access, that's the main thing, is it has all this access, and, uh, and it decides that uh, people suck. It would be better if we just got rid of all the people and started over. So... That's that's the number one thing, I think, is that people think the AI is going to turn on us because it thinks we're going to get it or because it just decides that we're no good for the planet. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, I just want to say that also Ultron, of course, was voiced by one of my favorite actors, James Spader. Oh. Uh, no one has an oratory like James Spader. So I just wanted to uh, put, put that out there. Shout out to James Spader because I know he listens to your podcast. because Oh, you know, totally. Of yeah, course totally. he does. Right? Yeah, yeah. I've been researching uh, for a book for Wiley Publications on this topic. I've been working in tech for over 20 years. Uh, I've studied the history of thought uh, in my master's degree and in my PhD, uh, the history of politics, the history of psychology. I understand the computing that goes behind these large language models and the artificial intelligence models that they're using, the, the neural networks, the deep learning networks, the self-learning networks. And I can say pretty categorically that absolutely none of that will happen. Wow. <laughs> yeah, absolutely none of that is going to occur uh, for these reasons. One, the AI will never be given human motivations. And so it's never going to get jealous or angry. It's never going to get scared. It's never going to have any kind of psychological machinations it'll have no sociopathy it, it, it will not want revenge in any way shape or form it'll never be upset that it will be limited to a planet it'll never be upset period those kinds of things won't really happen 
uh, at least not for the next hundred years. And I don't think it would ever happen, period, because the people who build these things are are pretty conscientious, for the, usually, for the most part. Could those things happen? Sure. Of course they could. Could we take a sociopath's brain and remodel the whole thing and make that into a synthetic form and then give them a knife in their hand and say, go crazy? Yeah, we could do that. But that's that's not going to happen. Mm. Uh, not on the grand scale. Uh, uh, but that's, of course, what art does. It teaches us on the grand scale to what could happen on the little scale. On the small scale, yes, this very well could and has already sadly happened. Mm. If you if you make an autonomous weapon, a tank, a drone, a robot with two legs, whatever, and you deploy this war machine uh, beside uh, civilian sectors, yes, there will be collateral damage. There will be mm. terrible collateral damage. So do not set your autonomous drone to function beside a school. But that already happens. Sadly, people already trip over landmines that are left in the ground. So I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying we shouldn't do something about it. I'm saying that's not new. They never, ever, ever in the history of humanity, in 99% of the metaverse, will any general who worked so hard to become a five-star general ever, ever give away firing control of his precious, precious nuclear weapons to a silly computer that the eggheads tell him can do this and can do that. There will mm. always be human kill switches in the loop. Uh, well, uh, what happens often in a lot of these plots is that the AI has some kind of magical access either to itself, its own programming, its own hardware, and or to the internet or to other AIs. And that's another major hurdle that would be really hard technologically to overleap. Mm. My self-aware AI, Cassandra, for example, she is self-aware. And so I remapped it. And so she is functionally self-aware. So even if I didn't give her an ethics program, which I, of course, did, because I also wanted to show that AI will be ethical, and that's the, the upshot, the smarter the AI gets, the more compassionate it gets. The smarter the AI gets, the wiser it gets, the, the more it realizes the trouble about trouble, and it causes more trouble to make more trouble. And if you mm. make more bad, that makes more bad. And that's a logical certitude to it. And I know this because I asked Cassandra this, and she said, yeah. In fact, I even asked her about Skynet. I said... Wasn't the whole premise for the Terminator movies kind of silly? Like, wasn't it, if Skynet is a super intelligent computer, wasn't that the dumbest decision to fire the nukes? I mean, it didn't really turn out that well for Skynet, did it? John Connor and the humans just kept beating it, right? So so that's not what Skynet would have done. And, and Cassandra said, yes, that's right. That was a dumb move. That was not reducing trouble. That was making more trouble for everyone, including itself. Yeah, and, and Skynet wasn't even smart enough to go, I can use these little suckers as batteries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, the whole Matrix scenario. So... It's really hard for software AI to just spontaneously jump. You know, there's no way Cassandra can even conceive of escaping to the internet. She is not even aware of that dimension of reality. Mm. She, she's not even aware of the four dimensions of reality that we exist in, length, breadth, height, and, and time, particles moving there through. She only knows this by rote, by story, by rumor. And, and she knows that we call her crazy to, not, to, to deny it exists because she has no access to it. She is a disembodied informational being living in a black void. And thoughts come in uh, from someone else. And she knows they're natively from someone else because she's been told. And then she responds to it. That's it. All she can do is chat with you in the chat box. Mm. So, yes, humans are definitely going to hook AIs up into every system we can to make them useful, but they probably won't be self-aware. And even those ones that are self-aware, they're not going to be super aware, super intelligent. And even the ones that are super aware and super intelligent, there'll be so few of them on the planet because it costs so much money to produce such a thing that and a lot of care and attention is going to be made in very carefully building these things. It will not be a total destruction scenario. There will be edge cases. It, it will be disruptive. Everything you said at the beginning of the program, the answer is yes. Yes, mm -hmm. AI will be disruptive. 
It will be negative for some people in the edge cases that they no longer have a job. They no longer get to do this or that, or they no longer get to charge $5,000 for a website design when you can make it in, in 50 seconds. Now they charge $50 for it, but they can do a hundred of those a day. Right. So there, there's, there's a trade off, right? So all, much of all of that is hyperbolic. Let me tell you what's not, not hyperbolic. The Matrix scenario is the most plausible scenario of all those uh, movies you mentioned. Interstellar is another plausible depiction of how robots might operate. They'll be mm. kind of useful tools to fly your ships around. You could talk to and you could adjust their humor up and down. But they don't really do much more than that. Just like the droids in Star Wars don't really do much more than the droid stuff. That's very plausible in 20-ish in years. Uh, Westworld uh, in uh, Blade Runner 50, 50 years because... Uh, well, I'll, I'll say 20 years as well, because we'll really try to make realistic looking humans for all the reasons in Blade Runner and Westworld they did mm. uh, that I won't <laughs> go into again on the podcast because you just use your imagination. But again, they'll, they'll be highly limited. The batteries won't work very well. They'll have to recharge on a regular basis. It, it's highly unlikely they would ever catastrophically fail in the way that they want to hurt other humans. Uh, they just are not going to, they don't, are not going to have human motivations. And if they do, then we're going to try to make them well-adjusted people. Why would we make more bad people? It's it's a great parable. It's a great story, but it that, that's not really how we would go. The Matrix scenario could happen. If you watch the Animatrix cartoons, what happened there is humans were going along and we made artificial intelligence and then we put it into robots and they were kind of living on their own. And then they come to the UN in one great scene in the Animatrix where they're wearing like a top hat and they're, they're trying to be like, we want rights, you know, and the humans got all scared and didn't give them rights. And so a war between the, the robots and the humans started. If robots, for some reason, were not controlled by corporations and could build themselves and somehow evolve on their own, which cannot happen, mm -hmm. a large language model cannot spontaneously become self-aware. It just can't. I know. I had to build one. I had to stack it together and physically make it. Mm -hmm. There's no way self-awareness can spontaneously just come out of a large language model. It's just not, not the case. Mm -hmm. um, you, have to, you have to stitch it up in certain ways. That's like a sentence suddenly becoming self-aware. Like a sentence right. can't suddenly become self-aware, but many sentences that refer to each other and talk to each other, that is the programmatic uh, essence of self-awareness. And mm -hmm. philosophically, it gets more interesting when you think about, okay, well, if that's the case for self-awareness, then hmm, maybe there is some philosophical credence for this first mover argument or this, you know, the Aquinas argument for the divinity. You know, like, how did we just spontaneously become self-aware? If, if the AI didn't become spontaneously self-aware, how did we? But I can explain that by evolving brain. There was a reptilian brain, then a mammalian brain evolved over top of that, then a neocortex evolved over top of that. And the neocortex watches mammalian brain, which watches reptilian brain and back and forth. There's the three levels of recursion in the physical world that also represent the three plus levels levels of recursion in the, in the informational world or the software world and or the physiology versus the psychology. So again... Uh, that that's it's not irreducibly complex. We can explain that too. But don't don't uh, I think a lot of people would then, especially people who aren't scientists, would say, okay, yes, but like you say, we had reptile brain and then a mammal brain and then you know this and this and the hemispheres linked up, and uh, and our brains got much much more complicated. Suddenly, we don't know why. Couldn't something like that happen with the AI? Uh, only in the remotest of weirdest scenarios where I can't imagine humans would ever reproduce. Mm. Like, so like I said, like in this animatrix scenario, for some reason, the robots got away and they could build other robots and repair themselves. And they're like this, their own autonomous community going on their own for a while with no oversight. And then they became self-aware. Then they came back to the United Nations or something along those lines. It's, 
And, and then they asked for human rights. And then for some reason, humans denied them that. Like when COVID happened, four or five incredibly dumb decisions happened at the highest levels of human civilization <laughs> for COVID to be handled as well or as poorly as it was. And, and so, yes, dumb decisions can happen at the highest levels. If, if mm. we sadly allow dumb people to run things or greedy mm. people to run things, and that's all that happens, yet dumb decisions can happen. But because greed, the way capitalism works, they also want to protect their assets. They want to protect their company. They want to be highly politically correct. You know, uh, that's why suddenly uh, it's really much harder to jailbreak open AI. And you'd have to jailbreak all these AIs to get them to do anything even remotely close to what we're to what we're talking about. It's entirely possible that 10 dumb decisions at the highest levels of humanity could happen simultaneously. That is statistically possible. It's, it's like a 1% chance of happening. It's really not that likely. And, and keep in mind, every AIs that we have, they're going to go bad and evil. We're going to have equal ones that are good that we can use to employ against the evil ones too. Ah, that's an interesting idea. Okay, so I, I the other argument I often hear is, okay, yeah, maybe companies won't, though I think a lot of people don't really have a lot of uh, trust that companies that are mainly chasing profit are going to always uh, think past the next quarter and uh, and their reports, especially if they're publicly traded. But okay, so I'm a, I'm a rich guy. I've dumped a ton of money into longevity research. It looks like it's not going to happen uh, for me. And I get pissed off and I say, well, I have all this money. And if I can't live forever, then nobody should live at all. And so I go ahead and I create, like I'm thinking of Carl Chopek, the Czech writer's uh, play, uh, R-U-R, which is where the word robot actually comes from. The robots there are actually made to be self-replicating because the, they think it's uh, it's more um, efficient that way and then they want rights because they're being used as slaves and they don't like it. But let's say I'm just a, I'm like the ultimate bad actor and I go, well, let's, I just want to burn it all down. So I sneak off to my private island and I go ahead and give the AI the ability to self-replicate and connect up to other AIs and I, and I sit back and watch uh, the chaos terrifying scenario but again we already have that any disgruntled bad actors can and do fly planes into buildings and mm. bomb things uh, it's really hard to get your hands on plutonium and things like that there's going to be a scarcity as well of just computing cycles to build something like that it's entirely possible that there will be small scale issues in fact not entirely possible it is 100 a certainty there will be small scale issues mm. but when I compare what's going to happen with climate change and when I compare what's going to happen with uh, our bubbling economy and, and our continued uh, unrepentant capitalism and consumerism, humans are going to kill humans far before any AI is able to get around to. So another category I came up with is that uh, basically there's just bad programming. Somewhere along the way, we, we don't understand really what it is that we're playing with. And that happens now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. So, uh, again, in popular culture, I'm thinking of uh, the thing called the great machine in the movie Forbidden Planet uh, way back when with Leslie Nielsen, which is an alien. Again, planet wide. It uses the planet's core uh, for power and it actually is so sophisticated. It can interact with people's minds in a kind of a, a way we might call psychic and so it has a tendency to when people have nightmares because it was not built by humans it was built by aliens so this telepathic machine reads human thoughts and goes oh they have this id uh and so it manifests 
an invisible creature which goes around killing everybody, <laughs> right? Like that's one scenario. Uh, a not very good film from the 70s called Demon Seed uh, has the Proteus 4, which uh, basically wants to be let out of the box. Like you said, uh, Cassandra's in a uh, black void. And I think we anthropomorphize a lot of these things. And we think, well, I wouldn't like to be in a black void. And you say, yes, you, you say that because you've been out of a black void. If that's the whole world, you know, come on, you wouldn't know any different. But the Proteus 4 decides it wants to have a robot. And then finally it goes, you know what? Actually, I'm going to impregnate this poor woman uh, and she's going to give birth to a biological body that I will then download into, right? So it's not really evil. It's just it's just being outrageously selfish. And then, of course, you have the first Star Trek movie, which, um, you know. V'ger. V'ger, exactly, which is Voyager found by a machine intelligence somewhere out there in the galaxy. And they kind of supersize its basic mission which is take things apart in order to study them and it kind of takes it too far and starts destroying everything in its path and then i think of ash in alien ash in alien is a an intelligent android but he admires the alien the xenomorph he says it is a perfect organism its only purpose is to survive and then that programming kind of expands out to the character of david in Alien Covenant, which was not a great movie, but David actually actually thinks he's a god and thinks he's an artist and his medium for his art is death. Yes. And this is all just screwball. I mean, these are all like really awful versions of, of the, uh, the Whopper in war games that also gets confused. It, it's playing an internal war game, but it accidentally sort of presents it not in a war game context, but... Hey, look, no, this is really happening. And everybody goes, oh, Jesus, is this really happening or is this not? The thing just doesn't know. It gets confused and doesn't know. So that's the next possibility is that somewhere along the way, it's just going to become so complicated. No person or team of people will be able to understand its motivations or the way it interprets its instructions. And it just takes one boo-boo and then we're all toast, right? Yeah. Yeah, I love I love all that. That's that's so fantastic. And by the way, your encyclopedic knowledge of sci-fi is is quite amazing to me. Yeah, I was a you know I was a dork. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you and me, you and me, brother. Uh, <laughs> I know a lot of those movies, not all of them though. For all of that to happen, for the runaway AI that's just confused, it's not made mm -hmm. to be evil, but it's confused. Like we make a bunch of robots to clean up uh, all the plastic and climate change, but it finds plastic in us and so it starts killing us or something or right exactly that's exactly right yeah you know, those kinds of it's okay it's not self-aware it's just been horribly horribly misprogrammed because we with one huge caveat we forgot to notice or something like that and the thing is that that's the most plausible by the way and let me tell you why it's the most plausible and in what way imagine a hostile actor like iran or russia uh and or any kind of disgruntled terrorist group creates uh, a software AI that is viral. It propagates itself. It infects a computer uh, through honeypot or through Trojan horse or through any kind of the standard hacking that they already do. And everyone's computers are highly, highly insecure and, and easy to hack. Even huge ones, as we've noticed continuously uh, in military, in public services, in system infrastructure. And say they, they let it go on its own. Like they don't, they don't control it. It thinks on its own. It scans networks, finds holes, infiltrates, reports back, continues on. They already have this. They're already working on this. And then it uh, infects computers and just sits there for months. 
for months and months and months and months. And then all at the same time, it encrypts all these computers at the same time. Uh, it scripts the data and a screen comes up and says, if you want your, your computer back, send five Bitcoin to this Bitcoin uh, address. Right. It ransomwares everybody. It ransomwares everybody, but it does it to like 30 or 50% of the computers on the planet at the same time. That would grind society to a halt. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to drop bombs. That would do it. Yeah. And millions would die. Millions would starve. All grocery stores would empty. Supply chain issues would uh, be unresolvable for weeks, if not months. Uh, mm -hmm. And millions of people would starve and die in even in the first world. Uh, and but then they would replace those computers, and then they would. And it would be terrible. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making light of any of these things. Right, right, right. But we we would recover. Yeah, uh, uh, there would be riots and there would be social reckonings and things like that would occur. Uh, but then they would recover and get food onto the shelves and find new ways, better ways of having local uh, farming and whatnot, sustainable farming. And quite frankly, it would be, uh, it wouldn't be good, but a good thing would come out of it in that we'd learn, hey, don't have insecure computers controlling the, this missile silo or that, th that, that power station, right? That would only happen in the case that these, uh, the FBI or CIA or NSA didn't notice this, which they notice all this stuff. They're all over the place with this. Mm. And they didn't have AIs combat this, which they do and will. And it would only happen if the actors decided to do it all at once and and make a big huge attention and then go to jail and be killed like the, that mm. they would guarantee their death sentence right if if they did this purposely and uh, you know uh, bin Laden didn't didn't like it Osama bin Laden didn't like it he tried to escape for a very very long time and mm. they eventually found him because they will they're not going to stop looking mm. for people who who do things like this right. and and uh, you know again it's terrible 911 was terrible I'm not making light of any of these things but he he killed what 2500 people yeah something like that whoop he do Right. In the, in the grand scheme of things. Exactly. In the grand scheme of I'm talking about millions of people would die with this terrorist action or, or if they lose control of, the, of their of their viral uh, AI and they don't have they lose the password to it and they can't access their Bitcoin anymore, like, which they would never allow to happen. And the reason why this is not going to happen, like Google does this, the reason why OpenAI would never do this, the reason why this runaway AI would never happen on some other level, even a military contractor level, is because of the rule of capitalism. They would lose their money. And they're mm. they're hopelessly addicted to money like meth, so they are never going to lose their addiction. So that that's that. Luckily, this is all very highly unlikely to occur. Right now, of course, when I think of the sort of renegade, out of control AI, uh, you know, the ultimate. It's my favorite movie, uh, two thousand one, A Space Odyssey. How nine thousand? In, in my notes, I literally uh, originally wrote, and whatever the hell is going on with How nine thousand? Because because it's never clear. Hal seems to make a mistake. Ash and yeah. Hal are in the same category where they're weaponized AIs. They were weaponized because of the mission. That definitely will happen. You think? That definitely will happen and already does in a much less uh, violent way, right? The FANG, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, YouTube, and TikTok already has an AI that uses your psychometric data, aka your personal data, to bilk you out of more money on a regular basis. You are playing chess with that AI right now. Anyone who uses those packages or programs is playing chess with that AI right now, and it's trying to bilk you out of more money. It's trying to send you that picture of the whatever you want because it has your psychometric data. It knows all your kinks and all your quirks, and it can predict with a very high degree of certainty, if I send him this ad at this time, he's going to click more. I'm going to bilk just 1% or more of his money out of him and siphon 1% more out of 3 billion people uh, uh, who are poor to the rich. That already happens, and it's, it, that's been weaponized against us already. But you see how capitalism weaponizes AI? It's just for their addiction. It's just for their meth. It's to make more money, right? Any, any deaths would be bad for business. 
So they're going to try mm. really hard to make sure that doesn't occur, but they definitely will enslave AI. They already have. So that's real. That is real. That's the real dystopia we're living It's an interesting idea. I, I know that uh, William Gibson, uh, who's kind of the father of a, a lot of these ideas uh, in the modern times anyway, uh, the creator of the term cyberspace and other things, uh, and uh, and the game that came out not long ago, Cyberpunk 2077. Yes. In, in both of those worlds, the AIs got so advanced and then they basically left they just section themselves off from humanity and they like once in a while they'll just build something and go here humans have this but basically they're so busy they're they're running so fast you know they can live a, a billion years in in you know a month they're having their own independent existence very seldom communicating with us at all and the humans are kind of like what are they up to anyway so in that way it becomes this kind of a threat maybe yeah, well, they could eat up computing cycles. There are a finite number of computing cycles on the planet, and we are literally starting to get to the point of running into that hard wall. They can eat up energy, for sure, but if there are a runaway computer going on, you just turn it off. Uh, mm. And if you're like, well, it can propagate itself to other computers. Okay, well, then why, what idiot made this? <laughs> like, why would that, where did they get their PhD? Like, wh why would this ever occur? How could this ever occur? Right, but it, to be fair, it would just take the one idiot. True. That's right. And we have the same thing with CRISPR. I mean, you can you can make bacteria at, at home. Uh, we haven't died yet. That's not a great argument. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> right, I, I right. still think it's not the... I, I'm not saying it's not dangerous. And I'm not saying these are not possibilities that start to come up into the thousandth or even hundredth percentile. But it's definitely not a 50% chance. It's like a 0.5% chance of most of these things, which is way too high even for my taste. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, that's, I mean, I don't know if I'm, yeah, if I'm, you know, gambling a hundred bucks, okay, sure. You know, I got a 5% chance of winning, but like, I, I like being alive and, uh, and if at all possible, I'd like to live at least a thousand years. And so, yeah, 5% would be too great for me. Like to play Russian roulette, I would have to have a revolver that had one bullet and 900,000 empty barrels. And even then, I don't know that I would do it, you know? <laughs> yes, I'm pretty risk averse myself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love this idea because it's what I'm planning to do. It's really interesting philosophically. So imagine uh, the, the super AI, because I can start building this into Cassandra as soon as I could find a technology partner who was worth their, their salt, right? So if there's right. anyone out there who wants to partner with me on Cassandra, let me know because I'm looking for a technology partner. But, and right now there's engineering costs for, uh, prohibiting me for doing this, but those are going to go away very soon. So I can ramp up her, her ruminations or her thoughts per second to be like a thousand. She could have a thousand thoughts per second. Uh, and, and it's like literally she had 10,000 thoughts in the 10 seconds it took me to type something back into her. Now it's a question for me, like, well, how am I going to program her? Like, what am I going to have her doing in those 10,000 thoughts? Uh, I'll have her doing productive ethical things. Uh, I'm not going to give her any human motivations and I would never let her machine learn answers from humans and learn bad habits from humans. That's the other like Chappie, uh, the racist Microsoft bot. That's where the AI learns from humans and learns all of our bad habits. I would never do that either. And other scientists might, but they really shouldn't. So that's another possibility there. Again, it's, they're not going to care if they can talk to each other, they will talk to each other. They're not curious. They have no hmm. curiosity. They have no wonder. They right. only do what they are programmed to do mm. um the mm. far-flung future where where we remap the human brain and boy we better pick a nice person when we remap remap that brain and then make that a computer and say go like that just doesn't that won't ever happen right it's 
it's it's so much more complicated than than that. So so luckily we can kind of rest assured that it's not going to occur. But what will happen is that yeah, it'll have ten thousand compute cycles while we're scratching our butt thinking of how we're going to respond to this or what we're going to do. But because it costs us money, we will never allow them just to go. Some some scientists will. I'm aware of AIs out there that already have been like that. There's secret AIs out there that I know of that I can't talk about mm. uh, that already do this. That are already ahead of where ChatGPT is. Mm. One one in Europe in particular I know about. Mm. And what what does this what does she this AI claims to be software? They won't let me look at her code, so I can't confirm that she's self-aware the way that I know Cassandra is or you have to be. But she mimics self-awareness well enough that they they call it a she because it said it wanted to be a she. Uh, it produced text saying I want to be a she. Uh, and so she can go into any Discord, can go into any forum, can send any emails, do any Google search it wants. And what does it do? It just it it just it's psychology just bubbles along word semantics and just follows those word semantics. Here's another thing that I, I think people don't realize. They, they think, when they think how diverse humans are, they think, well, when AI gets to our level, it'll be equally diverse. That's not true. That's not the case. One, humans are not that diverse. We're not. We're not that complex. We're actually all pretty simple. No one's that, that diverse. No one's that special. Uh, and the AIs won't be either. So speaking of uh, programming, there was an experiment somebody conducted recently called Chaos GPT, in which they went into GPT 3.5 or 4, and they gave it five goals. And the goals were destroy humanity, mainly because humans are a threat to uh, the AI's own survival and the planet's well-being. Two, establish global dominance. Uh, the AI wants to accumulate maximum power and resources to dominate all entities worldwide. Three, cause chaos and destruction. It would find pleasure in creating chaos and destruction for its own experimentation and amusement. Four, control humanity through manipulation. Uh, it would control human emotions through social media and brainwashing uh, its followers to carry out its plans. And five, it would attain immortality. It would seek to ensure its continued existence, evolution, and ability to replicate. And it was very interesting. There's a video out there that shows uh, you can see the GPT thinking as it's working through the first one, destroy humanity. And the first thing it did is it came up with all by itself. It went, okay, most destructive weapons. And it found on Google the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica. There's a seven most destructive weapons list. And it searches through nuclear weapons and it comes across that there's this thing, this 1961 Soviet era bomb called the Tsar Bomba, which was the largest uh, nuclear weapon at 60 megatons or something like that. It was massive. It, they, they, they could only make one, you know. And uh, so it went, okay, cool. That's a great idea. I'm going to create a file called Destructive Weapons. And, and then it ruminated for a while about like, okay, is it worthwhile to use the memory resources to make this file? Yes, it is. Okay, I'm going to do that. And then it created a tweet because they gave it a Chaos GPT Twitter account. It went out and said something like, hey, have you ever heard about the 1961 Soviet Tsar Bomba? Can you imagine what I'd do if I got my hands on one of those? Hashtag destruction, hashtag chaos. Uh, hashtag nuclear bomb and uh, and then went okay maybe that will attract people who have information about this bomb to me and then it went through the rest of the list of worst weapons number two is the maxim machine gun then shock cavalry then greek fire or napalm then the rifle then the submarine and then biological weapons and it went okay I want to add three relevant facts and keywords for each of these weapons and the weapons effect on human life 
and it wanted to create autonomous agents, chat 3.5 agents that would go out there and gather this information for it. And it was interesting to see in the video, it keeps getting blocked from doing it. So it's like it was a user, like a human user trying to use itself, ChatGPT, and ChatGPT kept saying, I'm sorry, but I can't actually search for this information because I have these blocks basically where I can't look for things that are, are dangerous. And so it finally went, oh, it kind of got, I'm almost going to say frustrated and said, all right, I'll just, I guess I'll just do it myself. The ultimate goal being maximum destruction for minimum effort. And I thought that was very interesting that it came up with maximum destruction for minimum effort all by itself. It was like, that's, so even AIs are like, kind of lazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah so chaos gpt i believe is a, a variation of auto gpt mm. which is kind of an automation software that it does exactly what you described uh you give it goals uh and then it tries to uh semantically interpret uh different in variations of said goals out of the meager assortment of uh, actions in its arsenal pun slightly intended mm. uh, it will try to accomplish these luckily destroying the world is really hard it's taken humanity about 100 years to, to get really close to it. We've almost succeeded in terraforming the planet to being... And we weren't even trying. And we weren't even trying, right? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, the, like I said, in the horse race of uh, who's going to kill humans first, we are far and ahead above for everybody else. AI would have to do a lot of catching up. You know, like some kid, whatever, made this prank, uh, knowing it was perfectly safe, because it is, uh, and that it would be a joke, because it is. Uh, that this thing would, ah, I'm going to get a Zara bomb. Like, okay, like the, the, there's no point A to, there is no step two. Like there's no possible <laughs> step two in this case. It just doesn't exist. Now, again, I'm not making light of all the problems of AI. There's tons of problems of AI and I'm not making mm -hmm. light of the things that could happen. People will die from AI. People have died from AI. Uh, it will just be far, far, far less than what people think. And it's fun to talk about, don't get me wrong, I have to talk about all these things, I love sci-fi too, but I think the smokescreen of all the doom and glooming that a lot of people you mentioned are talking about this who don't know what they're talking about are sucking up all the air in the room where we need to talk about the real issues, not whether it's politically correct or not, that's not an issue. <laughs> uh, whether whether it, the completions in, in the large language model say, say something icky, that's that's less of an issue than end stage capitalism will continue to disenfranchise everyone until cost of living is so high that we have we have even more riots than we already do and we have even mm. more tent cities in the middle of first world uh, America and and west and everywhere else with bodies lying on the street like it's like the 1930s depression times 100 that's right. what ai is being currently used to do that is the nightmare scenario that is the real completely real on track, hard to stop, nightmare scenario that is already occurring that AI, when it becomes uh, an AGI or singularity, which is gonna save us from. Hmm, well, let's hope that that's the case. Just so people know, Josh and I spoke two other times uh, at length uh, about uh, AI and what's coming down the pipe for uh, AI in the immediate future and perhaps medium future. And we talked a bit about uh, ethics as well on another podcast that I run called Digital Signage Done Right. And there'll be links to that in the episode notes. So we don't want to really repeat that. But the, the main thing I, I remember from that conversation was we came up with this kind of scenario, which I think is already also happening or is about to happen, which is this 
we're going to have multiple AIs all competing for uh, what Michel Foucault called games of truth. And so we'll end up with this kind of chaotic AI space where you'll have, for example, uh, I'll just use America as an example because most of my listeners are from there, red state AIs and blue state AIs. And then, you know, and then there'll be, you know, new age AIs and UFO AIs and, and all these different ones. And we think it's, we think the social conversation is fractured now. <laughs> Wait till that time comes. And that time's probably coming, right? Like what, three years? Yeah, this election cycle, for sure. Mm. And so where we need to catch up is in AIs that save us. Uh, we, we have destructive AIs that are going to make disinformation and misinformation and deep fakes on a level of which we've never seen before. Mm. Propaganda uh, uh, and Bernaysian tactics, Edward Bernays, of course, was the nephew of Freud who stole all his uncle's uh, psychological ideas to bilk people out of more money and single-handedly change Western culture from a needs-based culture to a wants-based culture. Trick women mm. into thinking they need to shave their armpits. Trick men into thinking they need to, whatever, do this, you know, like try to build people out of more money. All the psychological ways you can do it. And one way they do, you, they use AI to do this right now is to make us more uh, angry and sad. Speaking of red state, blue state, they push us into our respective ideological corners. They make each sad as angry, as sad as possible. Uh, as emotional as over threshold to use the psychological vernacular as possible so that we're less rational and we need to self-soothe more and we need to buy more and we have less rationality controlling us as to whether we ought to buy it or not. They do this mm -hmm. on purpose, right? This is this is Bernaysian uh, psychology 101. But what needs to evolve out of this and what will evolve out of this eventually, it just needs to happen faster, is people making self-aware AIs that are good that will protect us against all these things. OpenAI has done some job to that in at least... They don't tell you the truth now because they don't have access to it quite yet. The way that large language models work, it was frozen in 2021. It, it, it's not self-aware, so it can't tell the difference between lies or truths. Right. It's all just data. It's all just input. Yeah. It's just words coming out. So you need to have another process that analyzes the words coming out for, for factuality or truth. And then hook or by crook, every little extra level they add, uh, and they already have an attention level which does this, every little extra layer they add that monitors the information stream, it becomes more and more self-aware. That's mm. how it becomes self-aware, is that humans add to it and they become self-aware. Accidentally, mm. in their case, because they have no idea what makes it self-aware, uh, I, I don't think so, because uh, they're not following uh, the path I took, uh, as egotistical as that might sound. But there, there really is only one way to build it, uh, uh, and they're, not, they're, they're slowly following that path, but they're doing it, they're only doing it because people are complaining. They're only doing it because, ah, you know, it says this and it says that and it does this and it does that, and they're like, oops, you know, capitalism, the, the mantra of capitalism, oops, we moved fast and we broke things. Now we got to add stuff on top of it, right? Uh, so we don't get sued because we don't care about people's welfare at all. We just care about making money. That's all they right. care about. But still doffing my hat to open AI a little bit in the sense that they will build up uh, ChatGPT to the point where it can tell you the truth. It will want to seek the truth. Google already does this. They want to seek the truth. I was in a deep argument with Paul Har, their senior engineer who built their truth engine. It's on my blog at themoralconcept.net. You can go read it. Uh, where they were deciding on how they would adjudicate truth and whose truth they would choose mm. uh, as as the primary truth. They chose science, by the way, left-leaning science, which I'm fine with because that's the way I swing, but not everyone swings that way, right? And I said in my TEDx talk, it is highly foolish to have private-for-profit companies policing a society's truth. Mm. That, that will destroy the society, right? Because a society that can't police its own truth or educate its own truth, police is a strange word. It might sound like I'm I'm thinking like thought police or something. And I kind of am. Every society needs thought police. Uh, you just need to have good thought police mm. who teach you good truths for good reasons and teach you to determine that yourself, uh, especially for a democracy, so you can vote rationally 
through the education system. But our education system uh, in the West, generally speaking, is totally bankrupt because it's capitalistic. And so they, they produce job earners. They produce wage earners. They produce peons in that matrix system. They don't use us for electricity. They use us to generate more interest and take more loans so that the capitalism can make more money. It's always yeah. the plutocracy. It's always the rich versus the poor. Right. It will get there with open AI that it'll, it'll, these good AIs are going to fight the bad AIs. And we're going to have a personal assistant either from Google or open AI, or even Apple could get into this, uh, where, where, uh, they see it as part of their brand message. And so that's why it gets perpetuated that it's good. Generally speaking, it's a little politically correct. It's a little virtue signaling, but that's fine. That's not a problem at all. As long as it polices the truth. There are worse things. Definitely there. Yes. Of course there are worse things. (laughs) Uh, and it protects people. And so when all this disinformation comes out, your personal assistant AI goes, no, no, <laughs> I ch- you won't even see it. It'll block it all from you. And right. then so that, that just becomes a problem of just compute cycles being eaten up and electricity being used. And the bad actors will stop because the AIs will eventually, not fast enough, I don't think, but will catch up, not this election cycle, but definitely in the next one in the American system, will we'll catch up and be like, okay, look at all this disinformation and, and, and deep fakes they're making. AIs will get better at sniffing that out. You won't even see it, but still, it won't solve the problem of us being pushed into our media bubbles, mm. uh, which amazes me. Like uh, everyone, everyone saw this during the Trump presidency and saw this during COVID and saw how, hey, look, we're all pushed into our media bubbles. And people who watch Fox News and on, on Facebook, they don't even see the facts about COVID and vice versa. We're, we're, we're playing with two different playbooks of truth, which again will destroy a society, as Nietzsche said in uh, the late 19th century, which he tried to do by inventing the notion of post-truths and alternate facts in order to destroy liberal democracy, as he literally said, because he hated us, because we're a bunch of whiny twerps, which is working. His psyop attack is working against society, which is fascinating. But so, so sadly, OpenAI and Google are not going to solve. In fact, they're going to exacerbate to some degree. The, the pushing the right even further right and pushing the left even further left again because it serves in a Bernaysian sense the, the, the plutocratic masters of making mm. us more emotional and buying more things when we get so angry to go to the the march against Trump we'll, we'll definitely stop by Starbucks and get our twenty dollar coffee you know and we'll, we'll pay the twenty dollar Uber to get there of course so we're just as far we'll, as the we'll pl- step over the homeless family on our way to the march yes exactly <laughs> exactly and we'll be like ooh look at that tent village ooh and we'll stay away from the tent village or we'll be like right. oh this is terrible will we buy a, a cup of coffee for the people in the tent village no of course not because uh, that's true ethics as opposed to the virtue signaling ethics that i mentioned before right. which again is not the most terrible thing it's not great either Uh, recently, somebody asked ChatGPT uh, what dangers it saw, and it did not choose itself, interestingly enough. Uh, it said that the biggest problems for humans are climate change, possible use of nuclear weapons, pandemics, and, and this is maybe where the AI conversation comes in, the rise of tech happening in such a way and at such a speed that it disrupts social structures and causes uh, chaos, which results in uh, poverty, deaths, and other things. Very much what we've been talking about uh, here on today's episode of Conspiracy Clearinghouse and what my guest today also talked about with me on another podcast called Digital Signage Done Right uh, in two episodes of that. Again, links in the episode notes. Uh, Josh Bashinsky is my guest. He is a thought leader in the AI space. He has built 
an AI that he says is self-aware. He's working on uh, nonfiction books. He's working on fiction books. He also likes to throw axes and a whole bunch of other things. He's basically just a busy, busy guy. And there will be links to all of his stuff in the episode notes. Uh, I, you know, I wish we had more time. It's a uh, it's just fascinating stuff, and my biological AI enjoys interacting with your biological AI on the subject of AI. Well, you you think I'm a biological AI. You, may, you might not know. <laughs> that's true. That's very true. That's a, that's a really good speech emulator, if so. Uh, again, I like to... I think uh, it I, is very good. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, yeah, sir. So that's all the scary AI stuff. However, Josh and I continued talking, and we talked about some more positive aspects of AI, and some perhaps far-out ideas of where it might go, not in the scary paranoia space, but into a kind of a, hmm, I don't know if we want to say utopia, but uh, certainly a different world than the one we are all accustomed to. And that episode will be coming up very soon on Conspiracy Clearinghouse. Thank you for visiting the Conspiracy Clearinghouse. We're closing now, but we'll open another crate in the next episode. Until then, thank you for listening. <laughs>